Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We'll have more with the drama that's going on with the Brooklyn Nets and the beef between one Kevin Durant and our very own Chris Carlin. You're listening to Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, and Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Get at us on the CC call-in line, 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. And, big fella, you were just on with the Michael K. Show, going going blow for blow in, in laying out the details with your beef with one Kevin Durant, right? Well, it's not beef. It's, it's not just, beef? It's pointing out facts. That's all. Okay. And KD chose to respond, and I just... You know, Put him in his place. Okay. Well, like they say, a hit dog is going to holler. We'll have more on that in about 30 minutes. But right now, as we wait for the NFL to drop the hammer on Deshaun Watson, we have to get the latest on from ESPN Cleveland's very own Aaron Goldhammer on Deshaun Watson settling 20 of the 24 lawsuits. And, Hammer, it's always great to have you on the show. And I wanted to ask you what your initial reaction was when you heard that Deshaun Watson had settled 20 of the 24 lawsuits that were pending. First of all, count me on Team Carlin, not on Team Durant. <laughs> Just if we're scoring. And anyway, I, I, guys, I sense some relief. Um, at least that's how I kind of felt. You know, there had been no signs that this thing was anywhere close to any kind of resolution. And this is the first step in the process towards, you know, being able to close this chapter, this awful chapter of Watson's career and being able to turn the page a little bit. So I breathed a little bit of a sigh. You know, the the notion that he was going to take all of these cases to trial in 2023 and 2024, it had me wondering whether he was ever going to get on the field as a member of the Cleveland Browns. And so I think, you know, today hopefully, you know, provided some resolution and peace for everybody involved, that that's what settling is all about, that it's about compromise, and that this is really a step in, in the direction towards us being able to move forward. Aaron, the Cleveland response at the beginning, when they first made the trade, at least over the national airwaves, has really been portrayed that whatever's going to help us win, we're good with at this point. Months later, are we still at that point? Does the town still feel that way? When I was uh, in, you know, dating girls in college, I would put up my Facebook status. Facebook was new at that time, and you could say it's complicated was your Facebook status. <laughs> yeah. Really, the relationship between the Browns and Watson is is complicated, you know. So there were a lot of people right when the trade was made, actually, Chris, who – said they'd never root for the Browns again after this. I mean, especially imagine, you know, a a huge portion of the fan base that is women, you know, had obviously a unique and different perspective on this whole thing. Um, But Browns fans are also thirsty for a championship and haven't had a franchise quarterback since Bernie Kosar. And maybe you could even argue going all the way back to Otto Graham. Uh, Deshaun Watson is probably the Browns' best quarterback since Otto Graham. So 
you know, the, the notion is people want to try to have fun on Sunday and be able to come back from a 14-point deficit and all of those things that most NFL teams get to do because they have real bona fide actual quarterback play. So I think Browns fans have been in a really tricky spot where they haven't been able to celebrate the acquisition at all. You know, I grew up in Denver, guys, and the sports station there is playing these like, welcome to Denver, Broncos country, Russell Wilson is finally here. On our station, we haven't been able to do any of that. What are we supposed to do? Throw a parade for this guy with all these accusations against him? So I think it's been very complicated. And as Browns fans, you know, we've been kind of walking a tightrope a lot over the course of the last couple of months trying to sort this whole thing out. And so, yeah, I think the last few weeks have been really difficult for Browns fans to try to sort out their feelings. Um between justice and wanting to do what's right and also wanting to have fun on Sundays. And I, I don't think you can really sum any of that up by just getting one person's opinion. Like every fan is going to have a different feeling about that. Talking with ESPN Cleveland's Aaron Goldhammer on Candy and Carlin. You can find him on Twitter at HammerNation1. And Hammer, I wanted to ask you this question because NFL spokesperson Brian McCarthy came out and said today that the 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 settlements today will have no impact on the disciplinary process for Deshaun Watson. What's your read as far as the NFL's potential discipline on Deshaun now that we've had the settlement in 20 of the 24 pending cases? <laughs> I'm sure it won't have any impact <laughs> right? No way the NFL had anything. Let's just read the tea leaves here. We knew the discipline was coming probably this week or next week, and all of a sudden he happens to settle these cases now after he said last week that all he wanted in this whole situation was to clear his name and it implied at other points that there was no talk of him even settling these cases. Look, anything anybody says here is just posturing and trying to paint their side as better than the other. And part of this whole story has been a commercial for these high-powered lawyers and law firms trying to get other cases and trying to help their side win. So, look, do I think it will have an impact ultimately on the discipline? I, I, I do. I find it very hard to believe that this isn't all part of a coordinated plan for them eventually to come out with a compromise. Um, I don't think Watson now is going to be suspended for the whole year, but I also don't think it's only going to be four games. So look at eight or 10 as the most likely outcome. Canty and Carlin with Aaron Goldhammer, ESPN Cleveland. Okay. There is the obligatory Baker Mayfield question. And I guess my only question is why are we still talking about Baker Mayfield? Because he's still in Cleveland at this point. Why haven't the Browns, if they are, according to reports, like Albert Breer said, uh, willing to eat half that salary, why is he still a member of the Browns at this point? Well, why should they feel rushed? I'll turn the question back on you, Chris. Why should they feel rushed to do anything with Baker Mayfield? Because he has a presence. Because he is a presence, whether he's actually in camp or not, Baker Mayfield is still like a black cloud that seems to be not hanging over the facility, but let's just say he's off in the distance a little bit. The, the lingering Watson suspension is a dark cloud hovering over the building, in my opinion. Baker Mayfield, it, listen, everybody knows that Baker Mayfield is not going to play for the Cleveland Browns or go to the facility at 76 Lou Groza Boulevard ever again in life. 
okay? So this notion that he could come back and play for them again or that there's some misunderstandings in the building or some people that want him there, no. Like, even though they haven't traded him yet, they might as well take his bio down off the roster page on ESPN.com because that's where the situation stands. Um, and I think they're waiting for the right situation. Uh, and, and I don't know when it's going to present itself. My guess is that it will be pretty soon. I think they're torn in the building too, Chris, about trading him to Carolina. The Browns open the season on September 11th against the Carolina Panthers. Can you imagine? Oh, come what on. That can't be here? the reason, Aaron. Come on. The Jets did the same <laughs> thing with Sam Darnold. <laughs> and, and who won? Sam Darnold. Yeah. It's one game, but nobody even remembers it at this point. Well, but I, I think in Cleveland, because do you know how many openers the Browns have won since 1999 season openers? I'm going to say none. One. <laughs> One <laughs> in 23 they won, years. They won the opener. Jeff Garcia was the last quarterback to the win pop the season opener for the Browns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't, he wasn't Maverick. You know, I just think uh, that it, it – the story here, because there are some Baker fans, you know, I think they're a little bit aware of it. Um, but eventually, he's going to be traded. He's not going to be cut. He's not ever going to play for the Browns again. It'll probably be for a later round draft pick. They'll inherit a bunch of the salary. And then the question to me, if I'm Baker, is am I going to be starting or am I going to be a backup somewhere? Because I'm not convinced he'll be a starting quarterback on September 11th. Hammer, last one before we let you get out of here. We know the Carolina Panthers have been fishing around Baker Mayfield. Are there some other teams that are lying in the weeds that people should be paying attention to that could make a push for Baker in the coming weeks? Sure, sure. sure. If you know, To Chris's point, the more salary they eat, the more suitors there will be and the better draft pick they can find. Remember, Carolina already traded their third-rounder next year so they could draft Matt Corral. So if that's kind of the price the Browns are looking for. They're not going to get that from the Panthers. Other teams I look at, Seattle, to me, is still lingering out there as a team for Baker Mayfield, right? I would say that, you know, Detroit could be an interesting fit if the salary was minimal. We know John Dorsey is there. He's a big Baker believer. He drafted Baker Mayfield to Cleveland in 2018. Let me throw out a final team. You know, if the Browns were to eat like, 15 million okay wouldn't tampa have you looked at the other quarterbacks behind tom brady it's not good someone to cover a month or six weeks it's not good so i i keep my eyes open for a backup job tampa and new orleans as two teams that i think could have some interest well hammer we appreciate a few moments of your time man it's always great to have you on the show and we look forward to talking to you again soon Keep your head up, Chris. Don't don't let those big NBA superstars try to take you down. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm going to be all right. <laughs> That's ESPN Cleveland's Aaron Goldhammer on with Canty and Carlin. You can find him on Twitter at HammerNation1. Coming up next, the beef between the big fella and KD. We'll get into it next. You're listening to Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle 
and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Social media is a really dangerous place, especially if you take aim at one Kevin Durant, but that doesn't throw off one of the co-hosts on this show. You're listening to Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, and SiriusXM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Get at us on the Twitter at Chris Carlin and at ChrisCandy99. And one Kevin Durant got at our very own Chris Carlin today. I was scrolling on social media, big fella, and I couldn't notice, couldn't help but notice the Kevin Durant clap back to some of your tweets. But you came back in very strong fashion, so I feel like you owe it to our listeners to walk everybody through the thread and let people know what was said between you and 1KD. Well, what had happened was... (laughs) (laughs) That's always how the story starts, right? What had happened was... (laughs) So, here's what went down. This morning, I would say, probably about 11 o'clock. You know, I'm going through reading, and I I tweet occasionally when there's something off the top of my head of a point I want to make, and I'm reading through all the Kyrie stuff and all the KD stuff of the last couple of days. So I tweeted the following. Just wondering the level of responsibility that KD feels in this mess in Brooklyn based on trusting Kyrie. Now, I did tag him in it. Because you got the people who would say, well, why did you tag him? You know, he's gutless. Yeah, and, and, I, and him, I agree with those people, though. You do have to tag him if you got I, I something to so say. I think so, too. Yeah, I you got to so tag too. him. It's like I would be willing to say it to your face. Yes. Okay, so to follow that up, the second half of the tweet was, you know, that was based on trusting in Kyrie. I understand this is a negotiating tactic, sure. But does he ever question this relationship or his decision to hitch his wagon to someone that can't be trusted to show up. Tweet number two. While he's been the best player on teams, this is referencing KD, he's never been the alpha. That's not him. So if he felt he needed to go somewhere else to win and build his legacy, does he now bail on the Nets or help fix it if Kyrie does want out? Jumping ship would be weak. He has to know that. So this is stuff that you and I were talking about yesterday and this morning. And I think those are all very valid points. And it's fair-minded. Disrespectful in any way? No, not disrespectful. I feel like it's fair-minded from you. So a few minutes later, KD tweets back. And he writes, explain what, what being an alpha means to you. And at this point, we are on our pre-show Zoom. Yes, having our discussion, and I and I fill uh, Chris and Shannon Penn and Ryan Matlack in that I'm having this little back and forth here with KD. Yeah. And so I tell them, this is what KD just said, what does an alpha look like to you? Chris says to me, <laughs> tweet a picture of Steph back at him. So I tweeted a gif of Steph 
holding up the trophy from the parade yesterday. <laughs> Which I guess some could say was a little aggressive on my part. But I like it. But then... It's my idea, so I guess yeah, I should like it, though, yeah. right? Yes! <laughs> but then I followed it up with about his unquestioned leadership of that team and how his teammates responded to him, referencing Steph. You, KD, were the best player on the two teams in Golden State, but he was the leader. So then KD comes back with great teams feed off each other. Okay. What kind of response is that? Hold on. Let's put a pin in that right quick. Yeah. What kind of response is that when you question his leadership ability? Well, what he's saying there is that it's about everybody. No, what he's saying is you're right. I'm not the leader. Yeah. That's what he's saying. He doesn't want to admit it, but that's what he's saying. People feeding off each other. He's trying to pin it more in a teamwork kind of a thing. But mm, So which I respond back. Great teams also hold each other accountable. Just wondering who is holding Kyrie accountable in this situation. I respect your loyalty to him, but at some point, doesn't enough have to be enough? Radio silence. There's nothing incendiary about that though if i could take the there's mic nothing, off this there's nothing there's no. nothing controversial no. that's a mic drop that's an take, absolute mic drop if right i could there take the you. microphone off this stand i would drop this yeah mic. i don't i don't think there's anybody that can disagree with anything that you've pointed Including out there. KD. exactly that's the whole point of this all right because we're talking about kyrie irvin and out of what 216 possible games yeah the guys played in 103 in three seasons I, I, I at also, some point, at some point, that's not acceptable, especially with them trying to compete at a championship level. And here's the kicker, Carlin: the two teams that these guys left respectfully just played in the NBA Finals with the team that KD left winning their fourth Larry O'Brien Trophy in the last eight seasons. So, in effect, KD left a better basketball situation with Golden State to team up with Kyrie and to do their own thing in order to enhance his legacy. Well, how's that working out for you if you're Kevin Durant? It's not. And the reason that it's not is because your good buddy Kyrie Irving couldn't be held accountable. Whether it was two years ago where he said that he was too flustered to come to work because of the riots at the U.S. Capitol, whether it was last year with the vaccine mandate that didn't make any sense, yet every Brooklyn Net and New York Nick got vaccinated anyway so they could be available, it's always something with Kyrie Irving. In Boston, it was something with him. He didn't get along with Brad Stevens and the guys in the locker room. In Cleveland, he didn't get along with LeBron James. It's always somebody else's fault when it comes to why Kyrie Irving can't be at his best and can't be available to help his team win. That's a problem if you're Kevin Durant. This is the guy that you trusted. This is your dude. And now he's posturing as if he's going to potentially leave? You're Carl- not- Carlin, that's the piece that if you're Kevin Durant, you have to take a step back and look at it and say, my loyalty is being repaid with Kyrie taking this position with the organization when they're trying to hold all of us accountable so we can win a championship. That is a big issue, and it's not going to get resolved. It's not going to get better until Kevin Durant puts his size 18 foot, 18 foot down and says, this is what we're going to be about. And I think he's trying to do that by letting Sean Marks come out and say some of the things that he said a couple of months ago. But at this point, it's gotten to it's gotten to a level where it's Kevin Durant now that needs to speak in order for it to hold weight, especially in the eyes of Kyrie Irving. Well, it's funny that you say that because when we come back, 
I spoke, and this was prior to the whole Durant Twitter exchange. Mm. I spoke to some people this morning in and around the NBA and the Nets and, and you know, mm-hmm. in the organization to, to try to get a better feel about this thing. Yeah. And I think I've got probably a, a much better handle on what's going on here, on KD's role in it, and on Kyrie. You got a better handle on it than Kyrie? Well, I mean, <laughs> I think a lot of us have a better handle on reality than Kyrie does. Well, not days. a lot of people got a better handle than Kyrie. No. And that's, no, and, not and, on the and, court. And, and therein lies the rub. So coming up next, we'll hear from Carlin on what he's heard from his sources around the NBA. And also, we got the NBA draft coming up on Thursday night with the big three, Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, and Paolo Bancaro. What order will they go in? Listen to our ESPN expert who we got on deck. You're listening to Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Oh, yeah. It's Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, and Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Tune into ESPN Daily Podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters, Presented by Supercuts, download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily. Available wherever you enjoy your podcast. So, big fella, we never really talked about it with Kevin Durant's response to your question with a question when he says, what does being an alpha mean to you? Now, I know you posted the gif of Steph Curry. May I add that that was well done. I doff my cap to you, sir. Well, you're the one who suggested it. Well, so of course, of course. I you think can own a, this, too. I think it's a brilliant idea. Of course. But, you know, KD is the master of trolling people on social media. I just mm. felt like it was a great way to troll him because the team that said they didn't need him actually went out and proved this year that they didn't need him. As they went about winning their fourth Larry O'Brien trophy in the last eight years and on their way to doing so, turned Andrew Wiggins into an all-star. So uh, all I'm simply saying is this. When we start thinking about what an alpha should be, especially in the context of the Brooklyn Nets, what are you looking to see from Kevin Durant? Well, I haven't seen any of it yet. What I'm looking to see from Kevin Durant, if you want to go on your own and start your own championship team and have your have the guys have guys follow you, get locked in with Kyrie and have him be, you know, the guy following you as the Pied Piper to go win a championship. There have to be some leadership qualities here along the way. I'll give you an example. You know, the Nets are in a situation where earlier this year, they have James Harden. They have three incredible talents playing together. And Harden, over the course of a month, it was not one night. It was over the course of a month is basically making up his mind that he doesn't want to be there and doesn't want to play with Kyrie. Everybody knew this. And at one point, wouldn't it strike you if you're Kevin Durant that if I'm the leader of this team, that i got to go and try to help fix this? Well, he was nowhere to be found during this. When I talk to people 
it was basically, that's not my job. My job is not to fix relationships with players. It kind of is. If you're going to be that guy, you have to understand that your best opportunity to win a championship as the team has traded away all the assets they have and bent over backwards as they have and gave you your coach as you wanted, you at the very least have to find a way to keep the other superstar interested and in the mix and saying, hey, I'm going to get Kyrie under control here. We're going to get this together, and we're going to go on a run. Because you can, even though I hate this, I hate the ifs and all this kind of stuff, (laughs) but the truth be told, if his foot is another half inch back, they could have won a title. Mm -hmm. They could have won a title, but it wasn't. And he didn't go and try to help fix that with James Harden this year. Mm -hmm. He basically said, hands off, that's not my gig, man. It's not my problem. To but talk here's to the him. thing: it wasn't like he was doing anything, Carlin. It wasn't like he was hooping. He was dealing with an injury. Yeah, but you're still all, that all, guy. All, though. all I'm simply saying is, you have the opportunity to try to yeah. mend fences and work on those relationships within the locker room, particularly the one between James Harden and Kyrie Irving, because that got to a critical mass where James Harden said, "I wanted out of this mess." He well, didn't. James Harden didn't feel like he could compete at a championship level with the Brooklyn Nets. That is an indictment on the leadership qualities of Kevin Durant, and it's an indictment on the sports character of KD and Kyrie, the other two superstars that were involved in that trio in Brooklyn. There's no other way to view that. No. Think about this. James Harden said to himself, I got a better chance of trying to win a chip yeah. down the turnpike with Joel Embiid than staying here with KD and Kyrie. Think about At that. At some point, if you're Kevin Durant, you have to take that personal. And I get it. You have a personal relationship With Kyrie Irving. That's your man's. I get it. Y'all came to Brooklyn three years ago to build this this championship thing with the Nets. It was your own thing. That's what you wanted to brand it as. Okay, cool. I understand it. But a part of why James Harden came from Houston is because he had a personal relationship with Kevin Durant. Yeah. And he felt like, you know what? If I'm next to this guy, I got a chance to win one. James Harden, who turned down a two-year, $103 million extension with the Houston Rockets, Came here, forced his way here, showed up out of shape saying, I want out of Houston and I want to go to Brooklyn. And there's no other place I want to go because I want to play with that dude, Kevin Durant. But what he didn't count on was Kyrie Irving being unavailable for the majority of the season. Well, here's where it comes down to, though. If you're KD, you're worried about your legacy. You're worried about going off and doing it on your own like Charles Barkley is talking about. Yeah. You can't cherry pick what the responsibilities are that come with that. You can't say, well, mending fences with players and getting guys together, not my job. You can't say, when it comes to Kyrie Irving, hey, we need to help get him back here in the building, not my job. That All that stuff, he has, Chris, Chris, he has not only helped to basically let Kyrie do whatever he wants, he's flat out enabled him. He's well, flat out well, enabled well, him well, by not grabbing hold of any sort of leadership. And I'm agreeing with you. In order to have a team that competes at the highest levels of the sport, you have to have some kind of accountability and you have to have some kind of buy-in. And Kyrie Irving, it was short on both of those in the last couple of years with the Brooklyn Nets. Now, to your point about trying to put this thing together, it's not like we're running a pickup game at Rucker Park, okay? We're talking about putting together a team that can compete to win the Larry O'Brien Trophy. 
That means everybody working together, everybody being in lockstep, everybody being in concert. It's not about just having the best players, Carlin. It's not. No, but, Chris, to that it's point. It's not. To that point. And Golden State has proven that with the three exactly. different iterations of the Warriors dynasty over the last eight years. Chris, to that point, it wasn't just walking in the door and playing with great players in Golden State. He walked in the door and didn't have to worry about culture. Didn't no. have to worry about any of it. It was all in place but when he got there. But when you're the guy and you're you starting your own the, thing, you, you got to do the it. Standard. You got to do it. Yes. You got to do that it. That has to be about you. So picking and choosing what you want to do while you say that you're going out there, well, no, I got to go out and do it on my own and get a legacy. Dude, that's an all-encompassing job. It's not just what you don't feel like doing or you don't feel like offending Kyrie and worried about your friendship there or you don't feel like offending James Harden and worrying about your friendship there. Just to that point, look what happened a few weeks ago. KD's people have indicated, no, KD didn't know anything yeah. about what the Nets were going to say. Yeah. I don't know that I believe that at all. Because no, I, I, I'm not. I don't, there's no way the Nets would go and say something like that without telling him. But why would KD say I didn't know about it? Because he doesn't want to be the bad guy. I'm not buying that, Carlin. KD knew something, but I'm also I'm also not buying that this is all on Kyrie. I think KD has some blame in it. If you agree with us, if you disagree with us, chime in on the CC call-in line, 888-ESPN, that's 888-729-3776. Coming up, more conversation about KD and Kyrie. Also, Will a team trade up to select Jaden Ivey with the number four overall pick? We'll have our ESPN draft expert explain. You're listening to Canyon Carlin, ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. And, big fella, we got some show beef because Listen. right now the guys behind the glass are taking issue with me referring to one Sam Pierce who does yeoman's work on our show mm-hmm. as SP. Now, you know, Sam Pierce shares the same initials as our producer, Shannon Penn. And mm-hmm. so Shannon Penn felt that I led him astray or threw him off a little bit in referring to Sam Pierce as SP because I'm hurt. his initials were or SP as well. I'm and hurt. I told Shannon Penn earlier today that I have never once called him SP. So I wasn't quite sure how he could be confused when I start talking to SP through the microphone. I just don't understand that. It's confusing to me. Shannon, Fen- Shannon Penn feels offended and hurt. I'm hurt. Big fella, I need you to help me out with this one. If I may. I would say the following. Number one, when you were saying SP, back to the guys at the studio, I thought you were talking to Shannon. I have never heard you call him that before. I did not realize that we had a situation with two SPs with Sam Pierce. Yes. So I didn't know that you called Sam Pierce SP. Now, having said Well, that, I have to differentiate between the two, right? Yes, you okay. do. Now, having said Because, that, I mean, listen, we can't use our initials, right, because we're both CC. Exactly. Yeah, so you have to have a point of difference. They right. have the same initials. I call Shannon Shannon. I call Sam SP. Fair. Yeah. 
I feel like it should stay that way, fellas. But, but sh- Shannon has the stature. All right, all right. Now that, I'm, now that I'm off the phone here, <laughs> considering I'm in the big chair during this show, I think I should get the seniority when being referred to as SP. <laughs> not just because I had been here like six years longer than Sam, but I'm sitting <laughs> in the big chair. But, not but to, okay. not to Shannon, mention- Shannon, here's the problem. Here's the problem with what you're saying. You don't get to pick your nickname. Your teammates yeah. pick your nickname. This is true. You don't pick your own nickname. Here's the problem. This, this ain't Top Gun Maverick Look. where you pick your own call sign, bro. Here's, no, you don't get to do that. Look. I call Sam, mm-hmm. here's SP, uh-huh. and I call you Shannon Pitt. But I also might point out, you know, Shannon, you don't really have a leg to stand on when a couple of months ago you come to town and, you know, Chris Canty says to you, hey, reach out to me, hang out this weekend a little bit, blah, blah, blah. And I, as far as I know, there was crickets there. Yeah, wow. there's hurt feelings there, too. There's wow. her feelings about that. See, I so maybe bring, we shouldn't be worried I, about what our nicknames are. Exactly. We should be more concerned about being a team. How about being loyal? Exactly. How about being accountable? I mean, for Pete's sake. Exactly. We might need to start calling you Kyrie Penn. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, you mean, you mean, you mean at that point? Like, right you mean now. you mean Kyrie like showing up half the time? And you, uh, I mean, what, 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 what was I, that? I mean, KD being able to rely on Kyrie a lot better than we're relying on you right now. I'm hurt. With it's the a travesty, way that whole a sham, and a mockery. Travis sham mockery. Thank you, Chrissy. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and ESPN Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. As always, get at us on the CC call-in line, 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. We'll get back to the Kyrie and KD of it all, the drama that's going on with the Brooklyn Nets. But right now, we got to turn our attention to the NBA draft, big fella, because that is fast approaching. It is on Thursday night. And, of course, we know about the big three, Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, Paolo Bancaro. And it feels like there's a fourth guy in the mix with Jaden Ivey. For more information about the NBA draft, we turn to our ESPN NBA draft expert, Jonathan Gavoni. And, Jonathan, we appreciate your time. Want to get to you about Jaden Ivey because it feels like there's a lot of teams that are interested in making a move to getting up to number four. It's a foregone conclusion almost that the Sacramento Kings aren't going to draft Jaden Ivey. They already got enough backcourt players. So what ends up happening with that number four overall selection? Who's the team that we need to keep our eye on as we head into Thursday night? There's definitely a long line of teams that are looking at that number four spot. Uh, they, you know, the Kings are saying that they've had inquiries from basically every team in the lottery, uh, you know, with the exception of Charlotte, and who is at 13, and New Orleans at 8. Every single team has called trying to figure out what does it take to get up to 4. The asking price is very, very high right now to the point that I'm not necessarily sure that they're going to end up making a deal. Um, it feels like if the draft were tonight – the Kings are going to end up keeping that pick and either taking Jaden Ivey or Keegan Murray and just figuring things out because 
you know, they're not particularly close to contending right now. So just to make a trade for the sake of making a trade, when you have this incredible asset, you know, especially with you're looking at Jaden Ivey, this guy's teams are looking at him the way that regular people look at Ferraris. I mean, the, uh, his ability to go from zero to a hundred uh, is unlike almost any player in the NBA right now. And so, I think the Sacramento Kings are going to have to think long and hard about trading that pick one. And then if they keep it, not taking him just because of positional needs. Jonathan Gavoni's latest mock draft out on ESPN.com right now. Of course, the draft is Thursday night right here on ESPN Radio, presented by Credit Karma. Coverage begins 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and the ESPN app. Jonathan, who's is just flat out the best player in this draft. For me, it's Chet Holmgren, just of the, the, his ability to impact the game on both ends of the floor. I think he has defensive player of the year type upside on that end. And then offensively, he's exceptionally skilled with his ability to handle, pass, shoot, take rebounds off the glass, you know, push up the floor in transition, find the open man, uh, you know, finish around the basket, the guy really does it all at seven one with a seven six wingspan, and um, I think he's going to only continue to improve. I'd be very excited if I were an Oklahoma City fan right now because it looks like they're staring right now at Chet Holmgren at number two. Jonathan, yesterday we saw Paolo Bancaro's odds of being the first overall pick jump from plus nine hundred to plus four hundred. What are you hearing about Bancaro and his potential to be the number one overall pick? Yeah, honestly, I don't really know how the betting odds go. I know that, you know, they, they want to take money from all sides of the equation, you sure. know, and so whatever you can do to, to get people to, to, to make bets um, is, is great for them. But um, I haven't heard anything um, to indicate that Paolo's chances of going number one increased. If anything, you know, he, he has not visited Orlando yet. You would think that if he were a real candidate, at number one, they would have figured out a way, uh, you know, his camp and the Orlando Magic to get on the same page here and for him to actually come in for a private workout like Jabari Smith and Chet Holmgren did. So, you know, the fact that he hasn't gotten the indication yet that they're serious enough about him at one to actually make the trip to Orlando tells me that, you know, the Magic are more or less locked into Jabari Smith, which is what most people in the NBA think right now. You know, I mean, I spend my entire day talking to uh, GMs, presidents, coaches, sometimes owners. And one of the first questions I ask is, what are you hearing at one? I have not heard a single person tell me anything except Jabari Smith at one since the lottery. So if Orlando decides to take Chet Holmgren or Paolo Bancaro, then that's going to be a complete shock to everybody in the NBA. All right, Jonathan, well, we appreciate a few minutes of your time, and we look forward to the draft on Thursday. Enjoy it, my friend. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for having me. All right, that's ESPN NBA draft analyst Jonathan Gavoni joining Canty and Carlin and Jabari Smith, the number one overall pick, pick fella. Hey, listen, I get it. I understand it. I hate when we throw around comps. I can only tell you this. When I've seen guys in person, the fastest player up and down the floor I ever saw, like up close, in college, was Kemba Walker. That's Jaden Ivey. Mm. Jaden Ivey is just as fast, if not faster, and he can distribute at an exceptionally high level. Chris, I think Jaden Ivey is going to be a dynamic 
point guard in the league. No, no question about it. When his comps are Ja Morant, I think that's a good place to live if you're an NBA team, and especially with it being a point guard-driven league. But coming up next, could you envision Kevin Durant wanting out of Brooklyn? I know Carlin thinks that could be a possibility. We'll explain. Kenny and Carlin coming up next.